0: Cult and Classic! Welcome, friends and fiends, to an extra special, extra special episode of Cult and Classic Podcast. I'm coming to you this Friday between our normal Tuesday episodes to bring you uh, some reviews of a couple of films that our good friends and fiends of the pod over at unearthedfilms.com sent us for review. These are recent releases from them. Uh, They both are very different from each other and have uh, unique things to recommend them. Uh, I'm going to give you a breakdown of each of them now. It's not going to be as in-depth as one of our panel discussions because these are films where if they sound at all interesting to you, I recommend checking them out and and forming your own opinions. These are are both thinker films. They are not straight up entertainment, which I find is uh, often the case from Unearthed Films releases, which is always a nice thing for those of us uh, who really dissect film, which is I think we all know what we do here at Colton Classic Podcast. So uh, join us on Tuesday for another main episode of Colton Classic. But right now, I'm going to give you the lowdown on 2017's Italian film Expiation, released uh, this February from Unearthed Films, and uh, a re-release of their uh, Unearthed Classics uh, line film Tokyo Decadence from 1991-1992, depending on uh, where you get your distribution dates from. Uh, So let's dive right in first we'll talk about expiation it's the lesser known of these two films uh it is more recent it is an italian effort although it is in english you will notice dubbing uh sort of think bruno Mattei, devil fish era um it's 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 effectively done but it's clearly dubbed and that's fine this is what most people nowadays would call a torture porn horror film uh in the in the Effects that it's a gore film. Uh, We've talked about these before. We actually talked about Unearthed Film's release of Olaf Ittenbach's sort of gore opus, No Reason, a while back in a mini-sode. You can check that out. This is a much smaller scale film than that. There's a lot less uh, gore to go around, but there is certainly some some gruesomeness here. Uh, Basically, the film's plot is that we see two men wake up in some sort of abandoned overpass type place. Uh, One of them is naked and strapped to a chair and gagged, and the other one is on the floor in front of him. And we soon can figure out that he's kind of a, he might have some mental uh, imbalances, but he's definitely a a junkie and uh, some sort of tweaker who's not completely functional as we would call it. Uh, And then we learned that there is a a mature woman in a very sort of risque, pretty woman prostitute sort of outfit, um, sitting in a a chair across from them, occasionally filming with a a handheld camera, uh, what happens. And what happens is the man strapped to the chair is brutally tortured by the uh, tweaker who wakes up and smiles and fumbles around on stage for uh, most of the film the gore itself is hard to watch but if you are a gore hound uh and you watch a lot of these kind of movies uh it's not going to be as extreme by any means as something like um the japanese guinea pig film which is incredibly graphic or uh the american guinea pig series which i think unearth also has released uh but it's still gruesome nonetheless there is a plot here much like uh, no reason there is a a plot that is revealed as you watch uh we occasionally get flashbacks from the woman filming's perspective and at the end of the film we get a a flashback that seems to explain the proceedings more fully now would i say this is a plot heavy film no uh this film is mostly about watching two very strange damaged people uh torment and and voyeuristically watch the torment of this changed man you don't really feel sorry for the changed man by the end of the film uh that's not a spoiler there is sort of a reveal uh to some extent at the end of the movie but it's not going to be an uh, uh gotcha moment that's just not this kind of movie it's really going to revel in forcing you to to sit and watch as as Graphic, gruesome things are done from face cutting to uh, burning. Uh, There's some acid burn effects near the end, which are quite well done. They're some of the best. It's well done gore. Uh, It's just not as extreme and and copious as some other gore efforts. That said, as a person who tends to like a narrative, that's not really what uh, I'm here for. And luckily, Expiation does have some more of that. But it is very ponderous. You're left a lot of time to think about what you're seeing and why you're seeing it. Unlike, say, No Reason, uh, which, which a lot of people will call Olaf inbox opus, I think it's safe to say at this point, although he's certainly still, you know, there's still possibility. Uh, this one does not have as much narrative. It feels like uh, what it is, which is a, a low-budget, independent attempt to enter into the genre. That does not say, that's not saying it's bad. It's actually, I think, the opposite. I think they competently did what they set out to do. Uh, Is the film slow, even with the gore? Yes, it's very slow. Um, You are left to watch, and it's almost dialogue-free. As I said, it's dubbed into English, uh, but it's not... (laughs) You could be with a sound off, and you're really not going to get any... um, You're not going to miss any dialogue. The music, however, uh, which occasionally is played through uh, an old uh, turntable, is... It adds a very Reservoir Dogs-esque quality, and, and certainly people watching it would would feel that. Um, would I recommend Expiation? Yes, to its target audience. It is not a film that aims for everyone. It aims for people who watch these kinds of extreme cinema, uh, as it is today called. Um, if you want to experience a film where you watch horrible things and you're not sure What you're supposed to be feeling um this succeeds uh is it is much of a complete film in the sense that there are multiple characters multiple uh story elements uh and a mystery afoot that olaf inbox no reason is no but again that's not what it's aiming to be. They knew the scope of their budget. Clearly, there are almost only these three actors, the man in the chair, uh, the the tormentor and the woman who's filming it, which I think we would call the lead in this particular case. Um, the the actors do a good job. Um, Chiara Pavoni is is the lady as, as she's credited. Um, she there is full frontal female uh, and male nudity Uh, the the most shocking scene for most and this isn't really a spoiler it's it's not it's been done before uh, but this is fairly effective was a a hammer to the testicles uh scene which is definitely uh it's affecting and uh so there's there's stuff to to look for in this movie if you are an extreme fan but it is not a wide audience film. But I don't think that's what you've come to expect from Unearthed Films, and I don't think that's what they want to bring to us. So check it out. Uh, you can go to unearthfilms.com and pick it up there. You can also find it wherever fine boutique DVDs and Blu-rays are found. Next up is a film that I, I truly adore. As a film critic, I think this is one of the best, most interesting films uh, in uh, that japan has produced and they've produced some really great stuff uh and really disturbing things as well as we all know this is both it is disturbing and it is great uh it's called tokyo decadence that is the western release title the actual original title is topaz as in the stone uh it was when it first leaked over here in the us on bootlegs and things you would often see it as um topaz uh, with it with an e instead of an a Uh, but Called Topaz, um, but it's really just more well known as Tokyo Decadence, hence why it's titled that here. Now, this is the U.S. cut of the film uh, that ranges, I think, at about 100. uh, It's like a an hour and 12 minutes, Um, so so not even not even 100 uh, hour and 12 minutes. And the full cut, which is not generally seen, is almost two hours long. Um, What is cut in this film? Well, let's talk about the plot. The plot follows uh, I, uh, a 22-year-old character who is a um, s and call girl. So she works for a service uh, that that gets calls from from people who wants it, to explore masochism or state of or both, and uh, she then accepts or rejects the jobs and goes to these people's houses that she accepts, or rather hotels generally, and uh, sort of undergoes various uncomfortable things and torments um this sounds as you're hearing about it or when you hear people talk about it or even when you read um synopses of this film it sounds like it's all about the degradation um and i'm gonna have to disagree i think there's a lot of things you can discuss this is the kind of this is a movie for readers as we would say here at cult and classic podcast you can absolutely take away tons of different messages this is actually not what i would call a sexploitation film although it certainly uses many of those elements to extreme appeal it is a an art house film uh and i don't really think that should surprise anyone when you look at the pedigree Uh, it is it is the i believe the first full directorial debut from um novelist ryu murakama uh, excuse me murakami and it is uh this some Japanese film fans, especially horror fans, will probably recognize that name as the scriptwriter for Takashi Miike's uh, Audition, uh, which is a brilliant film uh, as well. If you haven't seen that, check that out. It is unsettling. And uh, you can really see the hallmarks of this writer who is capable of putting the viewer in these really heavy moments. Um, there's just this this weight of expectation and fear that that creeps through both this film, like uh, Audition as well. Unlike Audition, this is not a horror film. Um, basically, we see I do things for her clients at their direction, sometimes willingly, sometimes not really willingly. Um, and it, it really cr- toes this line of making you think that Not everyone is as terrible as as you might think, but everyone is truly weird. And there are some terrible people out there Uh, because I has conversations with some of these people and she really seems to observe them, uh, but can't interpret any sort of lesson uh, or vibe that we as the audience are also searching for. Um, it's, It's kind of we're constantly told by people in this movie that Japan is. And really, the world, Japan is just happens to be where it is, is ugly, damaged, full of um of bad people, ugly people. And that these people who are looking through some sort of kink to get something from I uh, are somehow separate from that. And it's a little. I'm at a loss for words because you really could write a book on what that means, right? You have people who are doing something that uh, is considered sort of clandestine naughty um, or is straight up unpleasant and frightening. And they're saying that the world is a bad place. Are they excusing their own behavior or are they saying that this is somehow separate from all of that ugliness? It's it differs between each character. And I think you can make arguments Uh, on a lot of different positions about that i herself is sort of both one of those unwilling and willing participants in this world right she does not seem to enjoy this at all at the same time she continues forward and the first uh now that we've gone over the plot because there is uh, a little bit later on in the second half of the film where it's revealed that she's fallen in love with uh what might be a previous client who is kind of a well-known musician um who is married to someone else um she she goes to see him and that's the climactic moment is we don't totally know what happens um but at the end she's spoiler alert this isn't really a spoiler she's back to the grind of of her M job but the, the film has, what's cut from the film, let's go there, is um, quite a bit of extreme sexual content, uh, the insertion of, of um, uh, a dildo vibrator, um, sort of licking of sex organs at one scene. Those things are cut, uh, they were cut from the US market to, to prevent this from getting an X rating. It's generally uh, NC-17, and that's what this particular cut was rated. Uh, should you seek out the uncut one? Well, yes and no. Uh, I do think this film is incredibly beautifully shot. It is the best use of chiaroscuro, dark and light, uh, that I have, I think I've ever seen. It's just really, really well done. So often, so many less experienced filmmakers um, than Murakami would not have been able to and of course the cinematographer uh, for this film would not be able to manage these incredibly brilliant shots where certain things are obscured, certain things are shown both in sexy time and not sexy time, we'll call it that. Uh, Is the sex sexy in this movie? Yes and no. Um, I is incredibly well acted um, by Pinku regular, Pinku being the sort of erotic Japanese genre, um, by Miho Nakaido and she does a really great job with almost no lines in this movie she's constantly on screen yet has very little verbal interaction with her environment um she really is sort of the puppet that we are all watching experience this world that she's that she's somehow landed herself in um she becomes more participatory as near the climax uh which i think is where we can start to draw conclusions about what the film's message might be at the end um but I think 10 different people will probably get 10 different messages out of this film. I, in the past, cause I've seen this movie many times, I have uh, seen this as a very bleak movie, which tends to be how people describe it. While that's true, the world is a dark place in this film. It's visually dark. Um, she always works at night. So we do see some daytime scenes, but it's mostly her just kind of lone being lonely in the world, trying to kill time until her next job. Uh, she doesn't, she, she makes it clear she doesn't feel like she knows what she's doing with her life um she sort of floats from from scene to scene um it is bleak but at the same time i actually think that you could really see some i don't know if i'd use the word positive but um some sort of resolution and transformation in i's character from the um the climax to the final scene where we see her returning to her work um and i, I think it stems from the uh, first main encounter of the movie not the opening which is a spooky vignette to sort of show you what to be prepared for um uh of a, of a john uh, injecting her with something that she doesn't know what it is and can't see because she's blindfolded uh but the main scene is she's goes to um provide sexual services to this uh, where we assume to be some sort of yakuza man and um he uh, enters into a conversation with i at one point and says you know what tell me about yourself and she says the one thing i know is that i have someone with no 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 talent i, ha- I don't have a talent basically um and then things progress uh the man's girlfriend comes over they engage in sex play and then um when I is leaving, the man stops her and says, Don't say you have no talent. And at that moment, as an audience member, you're expecting any number of things. He could say something positive to her uh, about herself. He could say something gross, like you're great right at sex or whatever. Um, but what he says is, Don't say you have no talent. That's a cop out. At least that's the translation into English. Uh, and and then she leaves. And that's a really fascinating moment to me. And I think that's where the, the story hinges on that one interaction. Because at the end, it seems as though to this viewer, eyes take ways that her her skill is to continue. Um, uh, because that, as we've we know from so many of our own lives, sometimes just keep going. (laughs) To keep going is the hardest part. Um, And this character seems to do that, even though she readily admits often that she doesn't feel like she has a purpose or intent uh going forward and I think that that sort of rings true and that's a new interpretation uh later in life that I have learned from watching this movie over multiple times and it is actually much less bleak uh if not hopeful uh and okay it's not hopeful necessarily but it's, it's much less bleak uh, and I think that that reading fits with the film as a whole uh and Murakami's sort of dirty new york of the 70s vibe and that is the movie's feeling uh it, it has a great soundtrack and it opens with uh, or rather the title credit scene could have been pulled from uh, an early martin scorsese film it really feels like that and the way that tokyo is presented it seems much older than it is uh and it, this was again uh made in 90 in the 90s uh so it's a choice to present this material in that way Um, I think it's a brilliant film. I really do. Um, I think that it's a sexy film, uh, but it is not a sex film. And I would, even the uncut version, uh, I would, I would hazard to say is it's not a pornographic film that you would put on to have a, a fun night of naughtiness with someone. It's not, it's too intense. It's too heavy. Um, And that brings us to what I keep putting off, which is the cut footage. Again, it's very graphic. Um, Should you seek it out? Yes, I do think the film as a whole is very effective uncut. However, I think that the cut version that they put together for the American market is very effective without derailing most of us from the point with very sexual scenes that, would trigger other cultural issues that we have, like uh, like not being used to seeing uh, vaginal insertion outside of actual pornography, um, things like that, that in the context of the movie world, they fit perfectly, but in the context of us as viewers, especially stateside and, and UK and et cetera, it does not read the same. We, we are pulled out of the film because our cultural sensitivities tell us that that is sort of shocking and I and not that it wouldn't be shocking Japan but I think that it's different I think that it is able to be read in the full context of the film more readily and for those of us who don't who haven't experienced uh, a lot of um, sex film especially or sex in film in the way that um, Japanese does I mean again the pinku market even past its heyday now uh, is still relevant eroji and and the sort of um, naughty films that aren't pornography but everything, but they're a market that we don't really have a familiarity with to that extent here um, outside of Japan in the US. So I think this cut version is an absolute perfect version of this film. Um, If you watch it and you love it, uh, seek out the uncut version as well, um, because you might have a new take and different take on it, um, maybe, uh, with some of the scenes. But most of the scenes are uh, just of a sexual nature that were cut for the rating system. And um, I feel like this is sort of the novel. And then that extra footage is the illustrations. Uh, if you had illustrations in a novel. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. So definitely, definitely, I give my highest recommendation uh for film buffs to check out Tokyo Decadence, uh, released by Unearthed Films. The transfer looks great, all the shadows are are, are still there. The, again, the film looks older than it really is. That's the way it's always looked. Um, this this brought me back to when I first saw it uh, on a big screen, and um, and that's a good thing. So check it out. Uh, as for Expiation, again, uh, a recommend for those into the genre. If you're an extreme film fan, or even if you would like to try it, this is actually a good entry-level film for that, because it's not going to overload you uh, with with gore and bodies and limbs, but at the same time, it's very gruesome, uh, uncomfortable, um, and it's also not extremely long. Um, I think it's like an hour and thirteen minutes or something as well. So check out Expiation if that sounds up your alley, and if you if if you have a soft stomach for for S Tokyo Decadence is going to be a hard watch. But for everyone else, and for film studies people people who really want meat of narrative and and they want to think about a movie for a long time afterward you cannot miss tokyo decadence i urge you to go check it out and get the unearth films transfer i do think it's the best transfer right now in the u.s um so check it out that's been this small review episode of Cult and classic podcast please rate us the highest rating you can wherever you get your podcasts Uh, write a review tell people why they should listen to us because that's how people find us Um, and also recommend us to your friends it's another great way follow us on instagram at. Colton Classic Podcasts on Facebook.com slash Colton Classic podcast YouTube, Colton Classic podcast We will be getting our video episodes up by the end of the year, all of them. So we'll be totally caught up so you can watch and listen to us. And to play us out, as always, is the Chud. Final thing shout out to other Films. Keep releasing great films. Can't wait to see what you guys put out next. Thank you so much. And here's the Chud with All About Evil. <laughs>